Welcome to the podcast. Hello, I'm John Branion, and this is the comedian next door. Hey, this is part one of my conversation with Juan DeVivo from Casting Crowns. Hey, Carl, uh, Juan, our pal Juan DeVivo is back on the podcast. And we were talking about what we were going to talk about. And the problem that we have is we have too many things that we could talk about. Always. The problem is I live in Georgia. If we, if we had coffee every problem. week, we would be. We'd be having a, we'd be hard pressed for a subject, but now we're like, you think so? I think, I think we would always have this problem. You think so? I was like, ah, that's too much. Yeah. I think the more we talked, the more topics would come up, the more we would, uh, the more we would sort of deviate and rabbit trail. Um, (laughs) That is our style. So yeah, the, the other thing that came up is Mandy sent me a text today and so we need to talk about the enneagram again um, <laughs> here we go here we go yeah um so i we've got we have so many things that we could talk about carl but uh i think i think we're gonna kick this off with a discussion about leaving the church oh no leaving, packing up leaving the church. Now I posted something last week on uh, Facebook because I was thinking about this and I said, what if instead of leaving a church in search of sound doctrine, you stayed where you are and tried to improve the teaching? That was my thing that I put out. And the the problem with response was overwhelmingly positive and everyone was was very Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was. It, I wouldn't say overwhelmingly positive, but I would say that there was some positive. I was, say, I was blown away. No, well, I, was I actually blown away with a, love and compassion and understanding. <laughs> this is a joke that Carl needs to hear because uh, I said I wish I could turn on the notifications for when the John Brandon page has drama. Like, I, <laughs> like I hear bing. There's drama on this post. I want to go see what it is. And I don't usually go hunting for drama, but it's usually nice on your page. It's some good drama. Well, there's been there's a number of things going on on social media that are kind of whirling around right now. The, the, the social media is just it's just toxic, and it's full of people <laughs> who are who are not good thinkers, and it's also full of machines. It's full of bots and software and AI. And all of yep. that mixed together makes it really difficult to know even who you're talking to, if it is a who. Um, <laughs> and then, and then people have short attention spans, and so we don't we don't engage by uh, writing a paper anymore or or giving a dissertation and then having people respond to that dissertation with a dissertation of their own. It's everything is very knee jerk and. Um, you know, you say a thing, you say, you say two things, basically, you can put two lines on a meme and that's it. And people, people, 
a lot of times they won't even read to the end of the second line. You know, they just read <laughs> read the whole meme. Yeah, they if can't you got, make it to the end of the meme, they can. TLDR. It's too long. TLDR. Didn't read <laughs> TLDR. I didn't. Uh, you know, and and so that is the forum into which I am speaking. We are speaking. And Nuance so, and, yeah, yeah. And so you have to make a decision. If you are you going to go to? Are you going to try to? say something of value to people who cannot read more than about seven or eight words, or are you going to just go, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to speak my mind and put my thoughts together, knowing that most people are not going to read it. Most people just watch videos. Now, most people will go to the reels. It's a 30 second guy, you know, jumping on a trampoline or, or fighting with a, to haul a shark in on his fishing pole or something like that. And that's it. That's all that we, that's all that they do. And so. Well, to get attention now, if you're, if you're talking, you gotta have, uh, you get, you gotta have your subtitles and like cool fonts on the side. So if you're just talking and you're not jumping on a trampoline, you gotta have the cool, uh, title effect and then dramatic epic music in case somebody's actually listening to it. Cause people don't, I, I don't ever, when I'm scrolling like that, I don't look at, I don't have my volume on. It's just no. like, oh, what's this? So if it's just well, like. You can't because it scares you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the few, like when I see people talking, like sometimes I'll come across a Joe Rogan clip or Jordan Peterson. And it's like. And you know, it yeah. wasn't like that right. in real life. They're not constantly playing a music track on the Joe Rogan right. podcast. But um Right. And that's, gotta, and that's what people are doing. Those, those are becoming a trends. And so then. Then the social media influencers and the people who are teaching everybody how to properly do social media for maximum engagement, which is what we're all about, right? We're all about yeah. maximum engagement. And, yeah, and it's not even engagement doesn't even mean good things are happening. It's like right. it doesn't matter if they're doing the laugh emoji or the thumbs up. It's like you're just people are clicking on it. Right. Or they're like, hating you. you know, they're yeah. hating you. The, the most engagement good. that I get is on stuff where people are just – firing at me you know where people are telling me that i'm a i'm a moron and i'm an idiot and i don't know what i'm talking about those are the ones that get the most engagement that's why it was weird to me when you said this uh post about leaving your church didn't get any negative well not didn't really get got some negative so yeah some. it got some but it well, was you're gonna, do you get you're still gonna get a little bit of hate anyway just because john brandon posted right. something <laughs> right okay right. so there's I have, that i have a sufficient size of uh followers who who just follow me because they hate me yeah and yeah. so they and but you know that's fine but all of that is all of that is all mixed together and so when i post something like maybe you should stick around and and try to improve the teaching that's not really something that i said to try to be you know, provocative. I mean, that, that really is kind of where my head's at. And then I knew when I said it, that there would be people who would push back on that and say, well, what are you talking about? It's just straight up, you know, if you're going to a church where they're just <laughs> preaching that you should throw children into volcanoes. I mean, you need to go to another place. And it's like, well, sure. I would agree with that. But that's why I wanted to have a conversation. <laughs> Did you with get somebody. anybody that was going, no, John, you should always leave your church. No, when you get when you when you disagree with something, you leave. That is the way 
You're supposed to do it. That's the way it goes. That's how I just was wondering. Well, not, <laughs> not in those words exactly, but yes, that sentiment was communicated. But how they would say it is you're supposed to go to the elders or go to the leadership and tell them where they're wrong. And then if they do not agree with you, if they do not change, then you go looking for another church. After that and one I'm, infraction. Okay. Well, yeah, but that's that's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. I, I posted two lines in, in a meme. And so there was no nuance in any of that, but the com- that's the conversation I would like to have. It would be, it would be okay. So you go to the elders or the leadership or whatever, and you tell them what your problem is, but, but what your problem is, is important. I mean, is it, is it that you don't think that there should be, you don't think the service should start at eight thirty? You think it should start at nine or is it, you know, that Jesus was just a good man and not really God. I mean, those are those are two things that you can go to the elders with, but they're not of equal, uh, they're not both equally uh, reasons to leave the church and go in search of another congregation. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So what we're saying is there's a spectrum. You, uh, there's the, what you said, the meeting time kind of thing where you're st- you'll stay with your church, but then also, if you walk into a church and all of a sudden you find out that, you know, they're Mormons, then that's probably a good reason right. to just, oh, okay, I'll just walk out of here. Right. So, so, so there's a, that's what you want to find out. Do you, have you already answered that question? Is this is when you leave that church or do you think it's case by case? No. Well, the, you brought up a, you brought up the other point or, or another point that's a really valid one. And it's a good one. It's like you walk into a church and you discover that they're Mormons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just take that extreme because if, if you, if you, you don't suddenly look around and go, Hey, wait, everybody here's a Mormon. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. that's, that's a sort of a, that's a gradual pro- progression. And if you suddenly find yourself surrounded by straight up heretics um, and the church used to be rock solid biblically, you know, well, then you've been asleep for a long time and that's on you. But if you uh-huh. walk into a church and it's like, well, this church is not in line uh, doctrinally with where I am then no, I'm not proposing that you stay there and make trouble for them. And you, and you constantly, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking Rub your about, hands together. It's about to start guys. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take you guys from Mormonism <laughs> to Southern Baptist. Um, I'm talking about, I'm talking about you are a member of a church and have been attending this church for a time for and it, it's a period of time where you know people, you know, there's some relationships established okay. and you've been going for a while. And so it's not like that. It's not like if you're going to a church that is way out doctrinally and they're and they're totally not preaching the Bible and everything that's on you, too. And I don't think you're the type of person who's probably going to have a problem with doctrine. If you're if you're attending a church that doesn't preach the Bible. Uh, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to people who who say we had to leave this church because we needed uh, better teaching. Those are the people I'm talking to. I'm trying to remember because I sent you what was the I'm trying to remember the exact verbiage that I sent you for this person. 
wrote, did I do a screenshot? I did. No, that's something else. Okay, good. Well, nothing like bringing the old podcast to a screeching halt. Anyway, mm-hmm. the point is, yeah, because, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You, the scenario is you've, you belong to this church. You've already joined. Right. You got community there. And then you've been there a while. start happening that, that you're, that are unsettling. Right. That don't quiet your spirit. They're disquieting and not in a, uh, well, you know. Not in the way that, you know, when the pastor preaches something and the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin, but the fact that the pastor gets up and announces something like, a, a what now? We're doing a what thing here? Or uh, right. Or like you, you see brought up Enneagram. We're all going to take Enneagram test? I don't know. Right. Um, well, that would be I, good. But, but, and, right, but both of those things are also valid. You know, if the pastor gets up and says something that is straight up unbiblical or biblically incorrect. You know, yeah, and, but, and, and I don't know what that was. You know, they, they, I mean, Judas is popular now. So the pastor gets up and says, you know what? Oh, yeah. We need to have more sympathy for Judas because he wasn't as bad as everybody's saying. It's like, hmm, this is a thing that I think we're going to have a conversation about. Um, versus a pastor gets up and goes, yeah, we're not going to, uh, you know, we're not meeting at the same time anymore. Or we're going to move communion to, uh, we're going to move communion to quarterly. You know, we take it, we take it every week. And so in our church, if you said, no, we're just not going to take communion every week, we're going to take it quarterly. Those are two different things. Um, but I would say my position is that neither of those things warrant pulling up stakes and going, well, that's it. We're going to go look for a church where they teach, you know, sound biblical. Yeah. Doctrine. That's the other thing is, yeah. Yeah. What is your, you have to have a uh, standard you got to define like when you say sound biblical doctrine you know mm-hmm. what are you actually saying is it just because they line up with everything you think that's the other thing so yeah because right. you may disagree with something that you're actually wrong about that you need to that's another reason that's another reason for not leaving the church is it might actually change you did you, ever, you might have to think about that for a second is being around other believers who uh read the bible uh from their perspective and um, they've discovered something that you were wrong about. And because you disagree with them, right. that disagreement leads you to a change in your lifestyle that, that you needed. And you needed it around you. I found the post, though. Because okay. this guy, this one I saw was like, you know, uh, he uses phrases like, um, I may have outgrown the church. Uh, the Well, he said the, the head pastor barely uses scripture. Uh, the small group pastors don't have enough biblical knowledge to teach. The head pastor cares more about prosperity that was a thing that that he brought up and then let's see a small group i belong to uh the pastor uh has a pastor that doesn't even speak oh his wife takes over and she seemingly knows nothing about the bible i'm right. wondering i forgot because i, I should have asked this i was like is this a church that you're going to or is it like a rotary club meeting did you just like walk into the wrong meeting yeah <laughs> you thought well, it was he said he outgrew it he said he yeah. outgrew it so my my i mean uh, that that happens, you know, you, you reach a point where you, let's say you start going to a church when you don't know anything about, you stumble into a church and, and you, you go through, you, you establish relationships there and you become a part of that church. And then it turns out that they're just not very deep theologically, you know, or they're, or they're, it, it's sometimes difficult to tell the difference between people who are not deep theology and, and the people who are just off 
theologically. You know, sometimes sometimes you're talking about the same thing. Um, yeah, and so true. if you if if you suddenly realize, oh my goodness, uh, I'm the most mature person at this church. What what do you think you should do at that mm. point? What what is it? If you are the most spiritually mature person at your church, what should you do? Huh, that's a good question. Well, my my knee-jerk reaction, this is the best part. We're, we're bringing all the stuff that podcasts are known for because I didn't really do, haven't done research. I don't have any statistics for you. Mm-hmm. I just have my own personal opinion. But my, like my first thought is that if I was in a church, and it, let's say like later on down the road, I get to be an older man and I've walked with the Lord for many years and, and all of a sudden my pastor comes on and he's like 30. Let's say I'm like seven, 60 or 70. I've been growing with the Lord all this time and the pastor comes on. He's like 20. I still submit to his leadership unless, like you said, you know, if there's something wrong, then I'd, I challenge him in that and call him on it. But it's yeah. like he's the pastor <laughs> and this is right. my church. And so he's my shepherd. And so uh, that's the way I feel about it at first. I could see other points of view if you have one, but uh, I would say that my responsibility, that what I would say at that point would, my responsibility at that church then now is to be a wise advisor for the, for that pastor and, and just to kind of be around and maybe that would be my role. And I definitely would pray about it and everything in this hypothetical situation, but I would that's what I would see is like, well, maybe that's why I'm here to kind of help this pastor um, just uh, see things from a, a you know, more mature uh, perspective, I guess. So like I'm further down the road in time than he is, and I've experienced more things than he has. So I could be like, well, I'm going somewhere, but eventually you run out of out of pastors. If you get to be like, if you are 80, you're like, I need an 85-year-old pastor who's who's been saved since he was six or something like that. So you're, there's going right. to be a mismatch of some sort. Well, I don't, I don't think it has just to do with, with, well, uh, I picked age. age. Well, I picked age cause that was an easy way to contrast that. Sorry. Right. About that. I see what you're saying though. No, I, well, and right. But, but that, that kind of makes my point. If you have a, uh, if there are other people in the church who are less spiritually mature, just to use that term. They just, they just aren't as, they, they aren't as deep. They don't know the Bible as well. They, they haven't pieced their faith together um, the way you have. The responsibility, and I think this is biblical. I'm, I'm getting this as a result of going through Titus and go, going through First and Second Timothy, uh-huh. where Paul is talking to these guys and saying, here's what you're supposed to do as a, as a leader. You know, he said to uh, he said to Titus, he goes, "You need to go and finish what was started." In uh, and the reason I left you in Crete is because there's some there's a church there, and they they don't have any structure, and so you need to go and appoint elders. You go to appoint elders, and here's the qualifications for elders. These are what these elders they're supposed to be. Uh, you know, husbands of one wife, and they're in control of their family, and and they're they're not prone to anger, um, quick tempered. And it goes through all of those lists of things. Um, I I would submit that those are those are things that we're supposed to be, um, even if we're not quote unquote leadership. You know, 
And if those people, if all the people who are qualified to be elders oh, yeah. take, take the attitude that's like, well, you guys are, there's like, you guys are all a bunch of babies here. I'm going to go someplace where the teaching is sounder. I'm going to go someplace where there's a little, where there's, where there's better doctrine then then what's yep. going to happen to those people in that those immature yeah. people at the church and yeah. and the other thing that i think is happening is it's those immature people who are the ones who are leaving the immature people are the ones who who get their panties in a knot about stuff because they're immature and rather than sticking around and having a conversation about which one of us is right or closer to right they go well. I'm just going to go someplace where I'm where I'm being fed. Appreciated. Yeah, yeah. and and, fed and that's is a weird. Oh. Well, that's but that's a, what well, they that's say. A term, yeah, that's a that's a term that sends up a red flag for me. Is I just feel like I'm feeling being fed, and they go eee. because mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be eating during the week. By the way, um, right? Yeah. So, but um, I get what you're saying too. Being an elder, those quite like uh, it's funny. <laughs> it just struck me as funny. I don't know if this is to your point, but. Uh, those are qualities we should be aspiring to, I think is what you were trying to get to. Cause yeah. It's like, yeah, we should have one spouse and, or one, you know, the, a leader should be a man of one wife and in control of the kids. And it's like, <laughs> I can see some members going, well, I'm not an elder. Right. So, so let's just do that. But yeah, if you clump up. Those people are everywhere, Juwan. I mean, the, yeah. in, in my, in my experience, there's this a, there's me. a yeah. lot of people who exempt themselves from any sort of doctrinal understanding because they're not elders or leaders in the church. Oh, why though? I wonder if that has to do, well, I wonder if that has to do with like true regenerate. Cause it's like, if it's the, it's the love of Christ that compels us is what Paul said. So it's like, mm-hmm. if there's no compelling, now you're wondering, okay, what's your engine, buddy? What's, what are you running on even? And then if you're not, if you're not willing to go in that direction, then I'm wondering what's even, or what you have in you that's pointing it's, you in any direction. It's it's because they have, they've grown up in a church culture here in America. I grew up in it. You grew up in it too, where, oh. where there's professionals that they do the work of the ministry, that it's the preacher's job to read the Bible and tell me what it says. It's not my job to read the Bible and try to understand how these truths apply to my life and my family and my, you know, whatever. It's the preacher's job to do all of that. And so you've got a and bunch I just of, get a spiritual rub down every week. Is that what it, I get? Massaged. Right. And so the reason people leave is because they're no longer happy with the rub down that they're getting. And they're <laughs> like, I'm going to go someplace it's, where, yeah. where it just feels better. better oil. Yeah. Or better music. And that. Right. Wow. But, but that's their criterion for leaving. Okay. You know, their criterion for leaving is not because they say it's because, well, the teaching is bad, but that's not really what it is. It's that they're immature. And the reason they're immature is because anytime maturity gets close to them, they leave and they go someplace where they're more comfortable. Yeah. But you think it happens more on that end than it does on people who are quote unquote mature. Maybe they're dealing with pride or something. They're like, this this church doesn't get deep enough for me. So I, I don't know if you've could, I, have you ever seen a church where people like that have clumped up together where they're all like, yes. And reading yes. Greek out loud to each other and stuff. Really? Well, okay. not so much that is as much as it is a, um, yeah, they, they have, 
they have this idea that that biblical knowledge is um, it's very academic for them. Yeah. How, how, do I, how do I say this? They're, it's like well, that's uh, that's what I'm uh, guilty of most of the time. Is I really like the trivia of it. And that's how I mm-hmm. stiff arm the Holy Spirit from actually mm-hmm. convicting me of anything. Because usually when I get hit with stuff between the eyes and I get really convicted, it's something really simple. Like, you know, uh, love your neighbor. Right. <laughs> oh, dang it. Right. But I was talking about transubstantiation, Lord. Right. So, well, I didn't I, know. There's yeah. a guy in my Bible study. Actually, there's several guys in my Bible study that um, we're like, I love these guys. We're like brothers. But it hit me. Um, listening to them talk to each other uh, one night and they said, you know, I can't even, I can't even hardly make it through a single verse of scripture before my mind takes me to another scripture. And I've, and I've got to go and get to that. And I got to, and I find all these connections and I start going off and, and reading everything. And I'm like, Hmm. And so I just said, well, you know what guys, I think certainly there's value in quote unquote, digging into the scripture and getting quote unquote deeper into, into yeah, the yeah. scripture. There's, there's value in that. But I also think there's value in just reading it. I mean, just starting at verse one and reading it, you know, yeah. and not worrying about the cross references and not worrying about all of the theology that you might be missing because this is, there's something else to reference someplace else. Because I said that that's not the way that we read anything else. It's only the Bible that we that we feel like it's so deeply connected, all scripture is so deeply interconnected in all of these profound ways that, that, you know, if we just, if we just read it, if we just read a chapter in the Bible, just read it. Yeah. That's almost a waste of time. I actually, I actually heard one of the guys actually did say that unless you're digging into it, you're not really getting anything out of it. And that was when I had to stick my hand up and go, hold on a minute. So yes, I do know some people who have got this sort of elevated idea about their spiritual. Uh, well, that's a good point. Development. So you would say, like, stage one of your uh, of your church. Uh, what are we going to call this? Your church diagnosis. St- stage one would be. Excuse me, I believe I might have a problem with what you just said. Or here's my, mm. I, I, I got to pass this on again. This is my non-confrontationalist guide to confrontation. <laughs> it's a, you ask a question and I learned, I kind of learned this from y'all too. It was kind of like, did you just, did you say this and you yeah. rephrase it the way you no. think? I say that all the time. It's a no, great way. Yeah. Yeah. They say no. Then you're like, okay, it was just misunderstanding. But if they go, yeah, then you go, okay. Mm. So what you're saying is, <laughs> so yeah. I just keep going. But, but then if I ask, and if I come to a point where I'm like, Okay, there's a verse that says something against this. I go, well, remember this verse? Doesn't this verse say this? What do you yeah. have to say? It's still questions. So yeah. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. I get that mostly because my dad used to get angry really fast, and he'd have to apologize later. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm gonna hold off being angry. <laughs> I should not see do what's that. going on here. <laughs> so, no, yeah. that's a great point. I usually will say, I don't want to misunderstand you. Look, I ah, I do good. not want to misunderstand you. So I think you said this. Is that correct? <laughs> I think you said Jesus isn't yeah. <laughs> Jesus is related to God. I think you said, you said? Yeah. <laughs> I think you said the Enneagram is found in scripture. I think you said that. But yeah. No. <laughs> so you think the the vast majority of Christians that clump up in their own group would be the 
would be the younger, I guess you would say spiritual babies. Did Peter say that or Paul? I, I'm trying to remember I don't think that, I think that, yes, I, I think the majority of people are spiritual babies. I think that we went through a time maybe 50 or 60 years ago where the highfalutin snobby Christians were kind of the norm and they were, uh, you know, they, they looked down their nose at, at people because they thought that they were, they were pharisaical, but um, the way we, the way we generally understand Pharisees, but the new Christians, the immature Christians are every bit as pharisaical as their great, great grandfathers, but they just don't know it because they have, they, we are now all we're slaves to our feelings. And so if we feel bad at church, we now, because we don't read the scripture, we now think that that is God telling us that we need to move on. And most of the time when people are moving on, I, they don't move on for their own sake. They are always moving on because, well, we've got kids. It would be different, but we've got kids. And our kids need to be in a place where they can learn, you know, where they can know stuff. But yeah, meanwhile, the that, kids are not having any problems at all. They're in the nursery going, yeah, my friends. What? We got to leave my friends at the nursery? Right. Well, and also the, the problem with that is your kid, you're raising your kids. And so, you know, if you, if you have to move to a different church because your kids are not learning what they're supposed to learn, how is that the church's fault? That's your fault. You know, you should be able to teach them. And then whatever it is that you're saying to your children about what's going on at church, you should say that to the other people at the church. It's, it, I, I don't know why you need to leave a church when you can talk to the people at the church about why you're leaving and see what they say. Okay. Yeah. You're, you're drawing a line between this is a place where I'm getting my oil changed and I don't like the seating in there and they don't have massage chairs. So I'm going to this other oil change place that has better music and they play right. Judge Judy and, and they give you free snacks. Right. I'm so fine with that. As you, can go, you can get your own change wherever you want. Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this is my family right. and I can't change my family. So what I do want to ask, so, right. uh, so let's say there's a person who's, uh, they're, it's a man and a wife, and they got kids, and they just like this. Let's say the husband just got saved and the wife uh, with him. And so they're just now new baby Christians, and they're going into a church. And so, what's, uh, would you have, do you have any guidelines for those people? Or is like, what's the difference between, because what you're saying is if, if you feel unpleasant at church, that also, and you're, and you're avoiding that that takes away the opportunity of God to change you because right. you're going to feel uncomfortable when God confronts you with something like, right. I don't know what I heard we're, we're, this week. We're going to talk about tithing, being generous. So what happens is, you know, a new Christian comes in and they go, they're just telling me to make a donation when God's like, no, you need to learn to let go of money. Money right. is a thing for you. So what's the difference between for them? How can they figure out I can trust this church? And even if I feel uncomfortable, and either I need to change or I need to ask. Well, in either situation, they need to ask questions, I think. Right. Because I've heard that too. People are never allowed to ask questions in my church. And I go, what church? Did you? I was in a, yeah. I was in a very legalistic church growing up. I can yeah. still ask questions. But um, yeah. 
So what's how do they tell the difference between God convicting them and uh, you know either the the pastors trying to scam them or they're going through you know spiritual abuses and one we've heard a lot, which it that happens. Manipulation happens. So how sure. can they tell? How can they trust their church? Or well, not? You said, you said they're brand new Christians, and so uh, that makes it that that is the difference maker. I don't know how you the the reason that you have to read the scripture and the reason you have to pray and the reason you have to mature is so that you don't get led astray, so that you don't end up in a church where the people are teaching you stuff that's not true, and so that's the danger about being. A newborn. I mean, uh, uh, newborn babies don't last very long if they don't have somebody more mature, literally keeping them alive. And the same thing is true in Christian faith. If you are a babe in Christ and you don't have any grownups in the faith around you, uh, it's not gonna. It's not gonna go well. It's not gonna. You will Whoa. not thrive. Those are some strong words. You got to have somebody because that's the thing. Yeah. So you, if you if you accept Christ, just walking into a church and trying to go with the whole church, but yeah, being personal and having a having a Paul, and like you said, a grown up <laughs> to guide you. So yeah, mm-hmm. putting your whole trust in the church is probably not as good as finding a person that you can trust. Well, to, there's uh, gosh, there's the theology around that is so deep. The Bible talks about uh, wounds from a friend can be trusted. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And uh, and the, the Psalms and the Proverbs, Proverbs especially, are just full of how how wisdom is such a good thing, and you should go after wisdom. And wisdom is achieved by discipline, by by discipline and Oops. and the rod and and you know with people and punishment. All of these things are what are what grow you up in maturity. That's fine. We like the, yeah. Go ahead. Well, we got just, well. We like the quote. <laughs> we like the quote. The iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. one. But mm-hmm. it's. I don't think we are thinking about the process. The reason he brings that imagery into is that there's rubbing right together. There's friction. It's and sparks. Stuff, yeah, sparks are flying. Mm-hmm. Stuff's coming off of both. Yeah. So, yeah, you're starting. To, you're scraping stuff away. Yeah. That's, well, that's exactly right. And and there are a lot of churches, and you. Uh, you, you find yourself in these churches where they are all about making sure that everybody is comfortable. They want, they make sure that, that no, everybody's having a good time and everybody's having a positive experience. And the focus a lot of times is on quote unquote worship. And uh, that's a whole other subject, but yeah. but when, but when worship is something that is designed specifically to make the worshiper feel something and be happy about things it i i just think that it's easy to get into a situation where the instant i'm not happy it's time to go looking someplace else and that's just not new testament that's not the way the church is supposed to function man yeah well like you said there's probably like three or four podcasts because there's just the, the the pervasive idea that any discomfort is wrong therefore we must eliminate it and discipline mm-hmm. is a thing and uh that's which is because at our church we're talking we're going through a series about being a disciple and every time i every time i spell it out i'm like you know discipline is in that word it is right there and there's there's different senses of the word i mean we discipline our children we correct them 
when something's going wrong, but also you train your the training is a, a thing that's, that's dis, is a sense of the word discipline because, but that's also teaching yourself what is the right from wrong and, you know, uh, correcting yourself, correcting course when you see what's wrong and there. So to be a disciple, uh, is discomfort, especially cause I've heard you say this before too. If you, why are you a, you know, why are you a Christian? Why are you uh, going through this thing? It's not to do the same thing you were doing before. Otherwise, right. you wouldn't have chose this other path. And so now it's you're doing something different, and that's going to be confusing, and it's going to be uh, humbling, hopefully, <laughs> at some point. Right. And so all those, you should be, I mean, um, maybe you should leave your church if you're not feeling humiliated every once in a while and feeling discomfort. <laughs> Gosh, well, the trick is... Uh, in my opinion, the trick is figuring out who you're going to upset because you are going to upset somebody. If you're doing, if you're in church, you're going to upset somebody. And so the question is, who are you okay with upsetting? And my position is that you should always expect to upset the babies, expect that the immature Christians are going to squawk and yell and scream and stamp their feet and threaten to leave. And what you cannot do if you expect the church to continue to be effective in any way uh, on the culture is you can't upset the more mature people because if the mature people are upset, that means that you are doing something that is, um, that's eventually going to shut the church down. It's going to take the church off of the path that it was intended to uh, to light, and so you know if I, if a guy like me and I've said this before in our meetings at our church, um, I said if you are making if you're upsetting a guy like me, then you need to stop and take inventory. And I'm not selling you this because I think I'm some <laughs> spiritual you know savant <laughs> yeah, yeah. because I've got it all figured out. But I'm telling you this because I'm the last person in the world to stick his hand up and say, I'm not happy about this. I'm the very last person to do it. I hate it. I, I will I will talk myself out of complaining um, time after time after time. Yeah, after most time. of the time I'm like, well, let's just see how it goes. Right. <laughs> let's see what happens. Right. And then we're, we're worse off. And so by the time I get to the point where I'm actually ready to go to leadership and say, okay, this has to change. It has been rattling around in my head and in my prayers and for forever. And so when I get to that point, you guys need to, you need to stop pandering to the people who have something to complain about every single week, because those people are not going to, uh, they're not, they're not going to grow. They're, well, they're, I wonder if there'd be a situation and, where they'd be okay. We're like, yeah, this is all good. Like, if they're complaining every week, is there is, is there even a scenario that could be perfect for them where they're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah, I wonder. Well, they I hope this they get this way. they get perturbed when you start to touch on things like, uh, well, like COVID. COVID was great for helping us find the mature <laughs> people versus the the less mature people because we had a. Uh, I had a conversation with a guy at church about the spiritual implications of wearing masks and how a mask 
whether you wear a mask or whether you're not, or whether you don't wear a mask, is a statement of your faith. And he looked at me like I had three heads. He goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, yeah, everything is a statement of your faith. Every, every decision that you make is a proclamation of your faith in some form. And he just, he hadn't thought of it that way. I still don't think he thought of it that way, but it blew his mind. But you start talking like that around immature people and they get uncomfortable. And unless they're encouraged gently to toughen up a little bit, like you were saying, you know, iron sharpens iron. And you know what that means is there's going to be some sparks that fly from time to time. Iron can't sharpen butter. And right now you're butter. Or the other way around. Yeah. And so if you're, if you want to be, if you want to matter in this uh, community, if you want to, if you want to role to play in this community and everybody says they do everybody says oh i want to be used i want to be used by god well you you need to be you need to be fit for use and that's the thing that we don't say to people very often we just we just assume that everybody has a task that they're going to do and you know what god will put you in a place well, it's like well not if you're a not if you're broken not if you not if you're useless you know we don't and we put a lot of useless people in jobs oh, at the church. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. But, okay. <laughs> I got too many questions now. <laughs> because your word is more for the person, the, um, the, young, the young spiritual person, spiritually young. And that can be f- any age physically or on, on the planet, like whatever your time has been on the planet. But, yeah, your word is for the, the young, the spiritual young. And I guess maybe the first step is realizing that because um, something I, when I was reading, uh, what was I reading? Oh, it was a Sermon on the Mount. And it says, blessed are the poor in spirit for something, something, something. <laughs> Y'all, this is why I read the Bible every day because I forget it. But uh, um, There's just the kingdom of God, I think. Yeah, there's the kingdom. Okay, good. So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what's weird about that. That's why I got to read the Bible every day. But yeah. I was one. I was going okay. So, so just the poor in spirit. But I thought, you know, if you're really <laughs> honest about it, we're all poor in spirit. I have to just realize right. and and understand that uh, my poorness. I'm poor without Christ, right? So that's mm-hmm. why you inherit. You, you know, you. That's why you uh, you have the kingdom of God. God gives you His kingdom because you are poor. And so I have to realize that. So, I guess step one would be realizing you know, what your situation is, I guess, your condition, your spiritual condition. Mm. And, uh, and you would be really, I mean, I'd be, I would caution to see if you're like, oh, well, I'm a spiritual father. I'm, I'm quite mature in the Lord. I, I know all the, I know all the things and I've read the book from cover to cover. So I think right. if, yeah, but to know that you're newly, man, I guess just knowing yourself is one thing, huh? Or, no, I agree with that a hundred percent. But that's where that's where you you just have to have God's wisdom. You have to have God's perspective, and that's another reason why the Scripture is crucial. Um, because God doesn't Scripture doesn't pull any punches. The Scripture is pretty blunt. You know, here's here's the deal: God is God, and you're doomed without Him. You know, and so. That's the Old Testament. The Old Testament is you guys just keep screwing up and it's only because I'm good and gracious 
that I don't wipe you out and uh, and cast you from me. And then you get to the New Testament, and Jesus basically says the same thing. Look, you guys are you just you're not going to make it. Um, you're enemies with God, so I'm just going to do this myself. I'm just going to take all of your wickedness and take care of it. And so I'm the vine, and you're the branches, and that means apart from me, you can do nothing. And what we have done in the church is we have taken that, uh, the idea that we can do nothing without Christ, and we have just ignored it. I mean, we think we're capable of doing some good things, you know, and that's the, that's the message. Yeah, well, you may not be mature. You may not be, uh, you may not be qualified to do this, but we're going to put you in here so that you can render your work for the Lord. And it's like, no, that there's no, there is no biblical justification for taking a branch and letting it teach Sunday school or even letting it pass out communion because a branch can't do anything apart from Christ. Yeah. I, and, I just really, you made me think about, I may have been taking wisdom for granted in general. And I just thought about, it kind of hit me all at once. I was like, well, that's why you pray for wisdom. But then I was like, man, it says a lot about wisdom in the Bible, mm-hmm. especially Proverbs. But, but even you know, uh, gosh, because well, it takes it takes wisdom to ask for wisdom, right? You know, and then yeah, you like get, fools you have never some... ask for wisdom. Ooh, that's... <laughs> fools never ask for wisdom. And so yeah. I'm, I'm saying it because I agree with you. What you said was yeah. was profound and correct. You have to be able to know where you stand, and so if. Um, if, if you're getting ready to leave the church because you're not being taught or they're doctrinally sound or whatever, you have to know, you have to know that it's not you that's the problem. For sure. Yeah. You not have to just, know for sure that you're not yeah. the problem. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. So I guess step one, we, we said step one was asking questions, but maybe step one is praying for wisdom, mm-hmm. which by the way, uh, I've, this was a, when I was younger in my faith, it was something like, you know, how do you, uh, gosh, how do you know? It, I forgot what I was asking, but the the, the answer was better. I, I remembered the answer, so that's the good part. Is that there's things in Scripture where they guarantee uh, that God will answer prayer, and it's that James one. One of them is James one. If you ask for wisdom, He will give you wisdom. <laughs> and the problem mm-hmm. is, and so lately when I've been praying, when I ask for wisdom, I go. Give me wisdom and give me the courage to see it and to, and to do something about it. Because every once in a while, God will prick you with something, and you know He'll He'll you know break your skin and uh, and bring a little bit of bleeding out. And you're like, oh, I need to. I'm going to cover that up. And I'm like, we're not going to think about that for a while. And right. you're going to walk away from it. So yeah, praying for wisdom. And then if you find out, oh, I have I'm very vulnerable in a lot of situations. Then uh, yeah, the church is. You have to say no for the church. If you're in a church and they find out you have any skill in anything whatsoever, you'll be you'll be put into something. I'm good with kids. Oh, right. Go to the nursery. Hey, I'm kind of you know I edit videos. Oh, can you can you edit videos? So yeah, you get you get put into service really quick. So to know what you're know where you stand. Like, am I am I really new in my walk? And I need to grow a little bit. I need to. I need some legs, and I need some mentorship. Um, everybody needs mentorship, by the way. I've I heard the 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 kind of um, guideline where everybody needs a Paul and a Timothy. But at some point in your walk, you don't need a Timothy just yet. You just need to be. Right. You just need a Paul to teach you for a little ways. Right. And then, um, yeah. And if you're not getting that, like 
at your church, it's, I don't know if you don't have a Paul that you can you can trust. That's a that's another thing about wisdom. So really, that's why I said I was taking it for granted because I pray for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I really I just realized I'm way underestimating the value of that wisdom because yeah, just hitching your wagon to somebody and going, this is my spiritual mentor. That takes a, that that you need the guidance of the Holy Spirit if nothing else. Right. And it's obviously to to say that for everything. Right. But you really, I, I can't overemphasize that to to be following after God, to be able to know I can trust this person, and sometimes it doesn't always work out a hundred percent. I don't think, and that's just that's the way humans are, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> if you think you got, yeah. yeah. If you well, think it depends on what you mean. Depends on what you mean by working out. If you if you have a, it's not um, going to be perfect. I don't think. Like maybe, like you said, uh, as a, a newer Christian needs to toughen up. Well, let's say that that person that they that they put themselves under, you know, that they study from is not they lose their temper easily maybe. And they kind of fly off the handle and they say personal things against them. Well, then there's hurt involved, but and I do this a lot so much that people make fun of me for it, but Lewis said to love at all is to make yourself vulnerable. Right. And like think of the example of Christ, he loved us and he made himself vulnerable to our uh our hatred and our um you know our hatred of good and our loving of the darkness and uh, and and it hurt him so why not suffer a little hurt uh because that's just that's the way the world is and like you said it'll educate you and also toughen you up a little bit but not hopefully not so much that you're calloused and like a stone you know impenetrable right well but that is all of those words that you just said were wisdom as well. Um, I think that the the thing that is lacking in a lot of churches, at least in my church experience, has been a, a, a sense of community. And it, it makes sense that this is lacking. We can't hold families together anymore. Family Families don't come together with the idea that, hey, we're going to stick this out Oh, for yeah. the rest of our lives, um, that's just a rare thing to find. And so, if if we can't even go into a family, we can't even go into a marriage with the idea that you know we're gonna we're gonna power through this, even if it's unpleasant, even if it's even if it's bad, even if we're suffering, we're going. To, this is a thing that is constant, and we're going to stick through it. If we can't do that with the people that we have, that we're having children with. You know, the people that we're trying to, to build lives with, and there's no way we're going to be able to do it with those church people. Because <laughs> those weirdos.